Welcome in, everybody, to another amazing episode of the QCO Podcast. Your hosts here, Danny, Travis, and Alan, for an amazing... I'm just building this up. An amazing... Trav, really, (laughs) this week, he just, like, was, like, it's... He was looking at the word of the day or whatever, and it must have been amazing. Amazing. Welcome into another amazing episode of the QCO Podcast. (laughs) What we have in store for you today is amazing. It is so amazing. (laughs) Now, today... (laughs) Today, we are going to be talking about time travel paradox. Paradox I? Sure, but I think paradoxes. Paradoxes. But I don't know if you spell it (laughs) with an ES at the end. I don't know if you go paradox. ES? Or if you just go apostrophe S? I I guess it it depends if it's possessive or not. I don't think it is possessive. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not possessive. So probably (laughs) just ES. Danny's paradoxes... are but if you're just talking paradoxes it's not possessive but if you're saying danny's paradoxes then wouldn't it still wouldn't it be danny's would be apostrophe s i don't know i didn't get an a in english (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i didn't get school we know that danny didn't either (laughs) (laughs) it's my Uh, second language (laughs) english was i did get an a in japanese english was always hard because there's so many weird things about it you're just like i don't what well we could do a whole episode on this but i'm pretty sure english is a class four language and that's the hardest (laughs) language they have like there's Tier one, there's class ones, class twos, class threes, class fours. English is a class four. Don't think about it, guys. But like Spanish is a class two, I think. Oh. So I've learned a class four and a class two, which makes me a class six. Ooh. So <laughs> I learned I'm a, a class, class six linguist. <laughs> I learned a class four, and Japanese is also a class four. So I'm a class eight. I beg You're to not differ. Fluent. I seriously beg to differ that you learn, like, your mom spoke to you. You couldn't speak it right now. Like, you can speak some. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Nani? Hi. Tadarimasu. Nani? You just have to use that voice and it's convincing. Yeah. The Miyagi. Bokuwa. You have decided our family. Bokuwa. Bokuwa. Oki Close, but all you said, you didn't say like, I have. That's you all I know. You literally said, I am a big penis. <laughs> you wow. are you are a big dick, Trav. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, let's move on. So what is our, we usually have a quick question of the day, which I was thinking about this the other day. Quick question of the day falls right in line with the fact that we're the Q code podcast. (gasps) Because it's it's like quick question. It's like I didn't plan that. I know. Because like I was always kind of like talking like the intro question. I know that's why I, I really, kept trying to bring it back to quick question. Yeah, but you're, I think you're right. Quick question is better because we're the Q code. Podcast. We are the Q code. We're all about the Qs. But yes, so our quick question of the day goes hand in hand with the fact that we're going to be talking about time paradoxes, and so 
Today's question is, if you had a one-way ticket to a single point in your life, when would you when would you travel to? So basically to elaborate on this, you can time travel back like your consciousness and enter your body at any point in time that you have lived up to this point. And you get to bring with you all the knowledge and everything that you have currently, your memories and all that stuff. You get to bring that with you. The two two rules in plain English, because I forgot I wrote them here and I didn't give Trav a very good copy of uh, English version (laughs) of, of the rules, but the two rules are you must live life in real time from the point forward um, from the point that you went back to forward until you catch up to the present, at which point, obviously, you'll just continue life. And then number two is you will retain all knowledge and memories from the present moment at which you leave to travel back. So obviously, we're all in our 30s here, so we would take that knowledge back with us if we chose to go back one year. We would we would have one year worth of knowledge that we didn't previously have i guess Mm -hmm. if we travel back to infancy we'd have a whole lifetime of knowledge that we didn't have so you imagine being a 35 year old trapped in a baby's body two-year-old's body (laughs) (laughs) i I I would milk it for everything yeah but you know that they'd look at me oh my gosh he's a freaking prodigy (laughs) well no wait i thought we wouldn't retain our knowledge and no. memories. I know we, we are, would. We are retaining our knowledge. Retaining knowledge. That was up like, until. So if you chose two years old, I thought you would only retain your knowledge and memories up until you were two year old. No, no from what we have old. now. From what we have now. Or else, so you get to bring that with you. It's some yeah, extra baggage. That's oh. the bonus of it. Or else, bonus. Why would you go back? Well, then that doesn't make it difficult. So. It's not supposed to be difficult. It's just supposed to be. <laughs> just <a> curious. <laughs> so. Who it's want- a hypothetical question. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So I thought about it and I thought to myself, well, maybe I would want to go back not too far or I want to go back to the very beginning of my life because that gives me full 37 years to take advantage of the knowledge I built in the previous 37 years. But in the end, I kind of went down the middle and I chose to go travel back to the first day of sixth grade. Okay. So I decided the first day of sixth grade because one, I wanted to be old enough that I could actually do something and make changes and cause effects by what I know. Cause if you're an infant, there's not much you can do even if you know everything. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're a sixth grader, you're like around 11 or 12 years old, you're old enough that you can actually affect things on your own. Two is also also a perfect time because I at first I was thinking maybe I just go back to junior high, but I chose sixth grade because I wanted a year to like build my social profile up pretty good because I'd kill sixth grade socially. <laughs> At this point, you're doing so great right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, I totally like set myself up for seventh grade because then when I went to seventh grade, and then all the other people from the other elementary schools came, but I would be like king of my elementary school already. And then they'd be like, well, you got to deal with this. And then I'd take on the other kings of the other elementary schools, but I'd outwit them so badly. And I would be the king of the junior high. And then. <laughs> 
<laughs> Same with high school, college, everything. Just until king of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not the king of the world now. So it, well, that's because I didn't start in sixth grade. <laughs> well, I know, but how much more of a, I mean, will that allow you to elevate yourself? I mean, because you're not basically what you're doing is you're taking your knowledge from now and you're applying it back there where it's almost useless, but there it looks like you're, you know, obviously you're a lot smarter back then with the knowledge you have now. This yeah. sounds really stupid, but as you're moving forward, you're not, <laughs> you're not adding on to what you currently have now. Well, I kind of am. You're adding, <sighs> I don't know. I don't I'll have all the how, knowledge I have no. plus uh, anything I knew I accrued during those years too. So, but no, cause not, your brain's not fully developed until you're, until you're like in your early twenties. Right. So yeah, you can't, but I would you still can't have learn, all the knowledge. I know, but you can't learn even more. You can't learn like advanced st- statistics or something like that. I'm not saying as, I have to, I just have to know like, okay, eight year old, like I need and to add on to your current knowledge. I need to have sympathy. I need to make friends with certain people in strategic positions. I can move players around like pieces on a chessboard. I can set up this community <laughs> to just be at my beck and call, you know, <laughs> he wants it for like domination. <laughs> Like some like <laughs> evil dictator at the age of 14. Uh, so that's my answer. You guys can have a different answer. <laughs> what about you, Al? This is like the latest pinky in the brain episode <laughs> or something. <laughs> I will travel back in time. North. What are we going to do tonight, Brian? Same thing we do every night, pinky. So my, well, yeah, my I mean, if I get to keep all my knowledge, my answer is pretty simple. It's I would just go back to birth. Okay. Because what would you do for the first few years? Though you're just like laying there. You're like son of a bitch. <laughs> I know so much, so this, much yet I can't even move my limbs. Speaking of, for people well, who listened to our last episode, which was our lost episode number three, I'm sure that Alan's topic was specifically on the fact that he wanted to know what people did in olden times to have fun. And he was mad. He's like, I would kill myself if I went back there because <laughs> I can't. I don't have all this cool technology. <laughs> Well, if you're a baby, you're freaking just literally stuck staring at the ceiling until somebody turns you over. Yeah, but how many people remember them just stuck staring at the ceiling? Well, but you'll have all the knowledge. I'll have knowledge, yeah, but I won't remember my first... Uh, it'll be, be like, the same. I won't remember my first like, you'll be three like, years oh, of life. This sucks. I have like 25 years till Netflix is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> can't move. <laughs> what am I going to binge? Maybe I invent Netflix when I'm 15. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe but, I should spend more I'm time not... inventing stuff than social domination. <laughs> 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 but I'm not going to remember those initial like three years or four years or whatever it is that kids don't remember when they're first born, you know? I don't know. I didn't write detailed yeah, enough rules. We didn't, really think, we didn't really think that if, if you you'd would go back that. to birth. But I mean, just because if I go back to birth, I'm maximizing my amount of time again. Yeah, which that makes sense. But and that's why I, I moved to sixth grade because I felt like I would be pretty trapped in a useless state until I was about at that age. You can still learn a couple things. You can still learn, but like. <laughs> I would suck to be four and I'm like, I know 
now 41 years worth of knowledge and well, are, is okay, but are, i can't do anything about it because my mom can literally pick me up and put me in my car seat like I'm just stuck going to freaking the Japanese market like I was in when I was four. Well, is so is everything exactly the same as the first go around? Well, I mean you, that you can change and alter things, but you can't really change much when you're an infant. Just saying, like I think by the time I'm two, I could be like, I don't want to go to the Japanese market. I'm going to poop my pants right now, <laughs> and then and then you probably have it. to live in your own crap. Because do you think mom would have been like, well, Alan Poop, because I'm pretty sure you already did that, and you still went to the Japanese market. Yeah, okay. Well, um, (laughs) I'm I'm going to go now. Um, Long story short, I choose Poop My Pants over the Japanese market. (laughs) So mine's different than both of yours. Um, And I would go back to basically the summer right after ninth grade and right before I was going into high school. Was that the summer? Oh wait, that was like three summers before you oh, reached yeah. maturity. Yeah. And that's kind of why, because <laughs> I was a just, I mean, so <laughs> it's not even necessarily socially. It was really more the fact that, I mean, I just was a slow bloomer (laughs) and so i feel like if i had all the knowledge right now because number one like you're going into high school and you feel so self-conscious about yourself i don't care like most even like the kids that are really confident and and going in they all have issues that they're dealing with for sure it's just some of them don't show them or you know like me i was just totally quiet number one just because i didn't know what to do and two you know, I was probably terrified, I mean, of of certain things. So, and me being so much smaller than everybody else, which you look at me now and you're like, holy crap, you're 6'3". It's like, yeah, <laughs> I grew, but it took me forever. But if I had the the knowledge of what I have now, you could throw that back in that, that little body and just be like, okay, look. Because right now, I don't give a flying fart who likes me and who doesn't. So I take out all the insecurities, and I put that in that little kid, and sky's the limit. Like, school wouldn't be a problem because, I mean, I'm not saying that I'd be able to breeze through it because there's still things that (laughs) I don't get. I hate math. All math. (laughs) My daughter comes home with her math, and I'm like, what the heck is this? She's in second grade but that's because they've changed it. But, uh, so, well, it's like Kai came to me the other night. He called me and he said, dad, I need help with math homework. I'm like, okay, send it to me. And cause like, I'll have him take a picture and send it to me via the text message. And he gives, sends it to me and it's trigonometry. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I was Mr. Bean right now. So I could be like, I study mostly in trigonometry, (laughs) but no, I was like, I mean, I took trig but that was in ninth grade. Is trig like a squared plus b squared equals c squared? That's no, that's, that's geometry. geometry. Trig is the next level, or is that algebra? No, that's trigonometry. Well, it's an algebra equation, but it's well, yeah. But he already went through that in geometry. Like you can oh. do the Pythagorean theorem in geometry or in algebra because it technically is an algebraic question equation. But <laughs> trig is more. <laughs> 
when you're dealing with like sine, cosine, tangent, cotangent. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the so other thing, I literally have that's to how re- we that's how we reteach the- myself how to do trig via YouTube videos and reading like Google posts. See, that's how we figured out the distance to stars is using trigonometry. Oh, I didn't know that. So I would also like to go back to this time because, well, with what I know now, I would save myself so much trouble. Instead of waiting for you to come pick me up for school, I'd just walk my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or like, like I would like me to kind of go down pretty much the same path that I did. Like, I don't want to waver too much because like, like I'd get in the car and you'd be like, oh, go throw this away from me in the garbage. And I'd be like, <laughs> don't back up. <laughs> don't break your dad's door because I know that's what you're going to do. And so, I mean, yeah, I'd use it. Like, I'd, I'd probably put stocks in all these different, like, companies that I know are going to make it big and things like that so I could, But you, you know, put stocks in them? I would put money into purchasing okay. stock is what I really meant. <laughs> don't make me feel stupid. So, would you... Uh, sign that paper for me when I was like no oh, you're really no good. I wouldn't I'd be like yeah you're damn right I'm good but guess what I'm not stupid <laughs> Which, by the way Trav was correct he's not stupid money is just a form of stock yeah thank you Danny I didn't or say Trav was stupid I, mean. I was just asking him what he meant by that okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there, there'd be but, a lot of things um, I'd, I'd maybe uh, take guitar lessons because yeah, be, I would have something that's just something I I'd like to, get to do. I would do drum lessons and then we could have made a band. <laughs> I don't know how good we'd be. We'd have to, I mean, later, maybe after high school. Oh, well, yeah, that's our study phase. Yeah, I mean, we would already know how to pass high school, we could just spend all our time playing music. But I did write, I forgot I wrote that down too. So you're absolutely right because I put I would be much more stable emotionally yeah. because you would know that things aren't like the high school isn't everything like well everything then, is yeah, gets exactly. better after high school i take some more i take risks where i know where i didn't take risks before but the thing is is like as we're going back the the one thought is like oh crap you know like i don't want to mess up what i have now i love what i have now i love my wife i love my kids uh love you know just i mean yeah i'd like to have more money but for all intents and purposes, I love my life. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, you can't screw up. But too the thing many is, things. like, I don't want to. But, I think but gets... the thing is, I already know. I know exactly when and where I need to be to meet my wife. And but I think that gets more into our like our main discussion on trade. It does, and so that's kind of like what I was. I was taking it that way so that we can jump into this new, uh, this this topic here. <laughs> but also, I like I kind of I view Stewie from Family Guy as. Maybe he was just like a thirty-year-old guy that went back into his infant body. God, you do him, Brian. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I will kill you. It makes so much more sense now when when you put that uh, narrative to <laughs> Family Guy. But yeah, I mean, final note on this: couple things I wouldn't. I probably there's a lot of things I would be careful not to change because I wouldn't want to cause things that were catastrophic enough for me to not get to the point where I found my wife and had my kids and all that stuff. Um, but I probably would have taken my 360 kiss a little slower. Um, <laughs> probably would have not called my wife Quasimodo. See, yeah. Hindsight. So there's some perks yeah. for sure. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm actually going to whisper sweet nothings. 
instead of say you look like Quasimodo. <laughs> So, so with that, are you guys ready to jump into a time travel paradox? So we, we originally said that that was going to be a 10-minute intro. Well, we did speak for seven, eight minutes, so it was a 12-minute intro <laughs> before we got to our actual quick question. So, But let's jump right in to time travel paradoxes. Obviously, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. Here, here, here. Let me, let me illustrate. Imagine that this line represents time. Here's the present, 1985, the future, and the past. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein, but reality for everyone else. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, then well, one, you're probably, what would you say, born in 2000? Or later. I don't give a crap when you're born. <laughs> well, yes, true. My son knows that movie, and yeah, he was well, born in 2000. It's a ride at Universal Studios. No, is it isn't. Not anymore. That one's now the Simpsons ride, which but is it's like what? Oh, it used to be a Back to the Future ride? Yeah. What? How do you get rid of the Back to the Future ride? I need to go back in time to go to the Back to the Going Future ride. Going back in time. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's the best. That's like one of my top all-time trilogies. Yeah. The... I love, but anyway, they were just describing partially what a time travel paradox is. And the fact that he's describing an alternate 1985 because they went back in time and something was changed. Mm-hmm. So he lost the greatest or great sports. sports almanac yeah. and Biff found it, took the time machine, went back to 1955, gave it to himself. At which point he bet on sports, make like a tree get out of here <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, if anyone's listened to all of our episodes number one congratulations <laughs> you must be filled with knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and two you would know that i love paradoxes uh, hence i talked about the fermi's paradox in episode number four um mostly because i think the word paradox is cool so we're bringing it back up again. We're going to get into time travel paradoxes, as we said this time. So if anyone doesn't know, a paradox is basically something that is seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when in- investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Thank you, dictionary man. Yes. Do you guys know how to say that in layman's terms? What? <laughs> <laughs> something that, that defies logic? Kind of. It's like something that's like, yeah, I need it's if, it's if you think about it logically, it contradicts itself. But yet it makes sense. Eh? Eh. Mm. <laughs> that's kind of basically what a paradox is. It's like, yeah, it's something that it makes sense if you really think about it, it from that standpoint, but it also is very it can't it is contradictory to a certain extent. All so. right. But anyway, there's two types of time travel paradoxes, and then we're going to get into like actually just talking about some of the things that we've looked at. But this is just the overarching idea behind it. So there's a casual or a closed casual loop, which is basically a paradox that just feeds on itself, right? So it's just 
something happens, which leads to this, which leads to this, and then ultimately comes back full circle. So the best way that I can kind of explain it or, or describe it is kind of almost like fate. Like you think you can make a change and you think you're making independent choices, right? Mm-hmm. But every choice that you make is just getting you one step closer to like finishing the loop. Yes. And then you start over again. Yes. Yeah. And then there's the other type of paradox that uh, instead of being a closed loop is a consistency paradox. And that is uh, to generate a number of timeline inconsistencies related to the pro- or possibility of altering the past. So this is more along the lines of the back to the future. Uh, alternate, alternate 1985. Yeah. You change situation. something in the past and then it's going to change the future. Right. Yes. Kind of idea. So with that said, Trav brought up, a really good movie that I had never seen before. Apparently I think you said you saw it out. Yep. So he suggested we should watch predestination. The movie <laughs> as opposed to not the movie, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yes, predestination. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's with Ethan Hawke, um, and a couple of other people. I can't remember their names, but uh, it is just one giant paradox. And I mean, the first time I watched it, now I'm going to just throw this out here before we kind of get into this. I don't think we can talk about this movie without spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it and you want to not be spoiled uh, or have it be spoiled, then pause this, go Go watch it. it. Three ninety nine on Prime, Amazon Prime or Apple, yeah, whatever like movies. I think they're all about two ninety nine, three ninety nine, or whatever to rent it. It was three ninety nine on Apple. Okay, so they, yeah, that's what I paid. Anyway, go watch it. You're gonna like. You're gonna watch it, and then like at the very end, you're gonna go, what? <laughs> and and you're just you're gonna have to sit there for a minute, and you're gonna have to even though they reveal everything, you're gonna have to replay it. You're gonna have to just sit head. there and think about it for about a good ten minutes, and be like, what? How does that even happen? How is that possible? So, with that being said, let's get into yeah. it a little bit. So, so the movie came out in 2014. So we're hoping that we gave people enough buffer time before we spoil it. Yes. So the whole thing is there is this agency that um, has agents that are able to go back in time and, you know, stop some major, major events from happening or, or stop, you know, serial killers or or mass murder, whatever you want to call them. Um, Or just, you know, they had a name. Do you remember yeah, the name of the agency? I can't remember. And that's because our, our whole purpose was not necessarily to actually talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. It was just more of a, uh, the idea of the movie, which Trav said is literally one giant paradox, yeah. which is also known as it is a paradox It's called predestination paradox, which is why the movie is called predestination yeah. apparently. So anyway, like you start out and you see this, uh, this person going in this bomber, uh, basically the the premise of it is Ethan Hawke, who is this agent is his whole life in this agency has been, um, living to try and stop this, this fizzle bomber, um, which, uh, has set bombs throughout time. Not, not like throughout all of time, just throughout like the sixties <laughs> and seventies. And, uh, and then was leading up to a really big one that kills about 11,000 people. And so, 
he goes back through time various times and you don't necessarily see that, but you kind of get the gist of it. Like he's trying to figure out the Ethan Hawke character is trying to figure out who the fizzle bomber is. Yeah. And he's doing so by going to various times, trying to like gather Intel. Yeah. Um, basically is the gist that I got. Um, but yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, um, it also like after kind of like a little intro, goes in so you kind of get that point it kind of goes into this story this there's uh, ethan hawk goes to this time where he poses as a as a bartender and meets this this guy who comes into the bar and they just start they just start chatting and the one says you know i've got a story that will basically blow your mind and you know it's it's my story i'll tell you about it so it's kind of like a flashback point at this point you know they're just going through this guy's telling his life story so it goes all the way back to when he uh, was a little girl he was a little girl and you see the baby being dropped off at this orphanage and then from there you see the baby growing up um it's talking about all the issues that that she had you know she never felt like she fit in and everything so then she goes forward and and when she gets to be uh more of an adult in college she ends up meeting this guy and this guy um and you know impregnates her and she gets then um oh what was it there's a bunch of stuff that i'm not going to give you every single thing but anyway um so it ends up having the baby, but when they get in there, they find, oh, hey, you have two sets of organs. Well, like, I mean, I think a key point of this, just to really go, is the guy that she meets that impregnates her also leaves. Yes. Because leaves. He's like, I got to go somewhere for a minute. And then he left and he never came back. Um, so she obviously now is put in a situation where she had to have the baby on her own. She does, and then this is where Trav's talking about. Yeah. They find out they find that out she's, she's got two organs, and two, then like, two sets organs, of or- yeah, two, organs, well, of two different sexes. male and female, male and female yeah. organs. Okay, there we go, male and female <laughs> organs. But the female ones were damaged in the birth, so the only option is become to a become a male. Does that goes through life, ends up becoming this writer, hates her life, hates the guy who impregnated her that made her become a man. And because if she didn't get pregnant, then she wouldn't. Uh, also, after the birth, somebody steals the baby. And so now she doesn't have a kid. And, and well, now she's a man. And she's just... I when I was explaining this <laughs> plot line to, so hard. <laughs> to other people, I, it was, the hardest part for me was the whole he, she, he, she stuff. Because I was like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, and especially when you're trying to not give away the like reveal at the end. <laughs> so you're like, he... But he's a she, she's a she at this point, but then it's a he it's a at he this later. point. And they're like, what? Okay. And I know it's been so, really confusing up to this point, and it, I don't know if it's going to get any better. But <laughs> but we're getting, we're getting there to where it's going to kind of be a little bit easier to, to describe it. So um, ends up finding out that Ethan Hawke, at the end of this story, you know, says, I can help you. If I put you in front of the man that did this to you, would you kill him? And she said, and well, he said in a heartbeat in front of the man that stole the baby, right? No, no, no the, the man, man who that, impregnated. Yeah. Her. Cause that is the man that he, she claims ruined her life, her life. Because if the man, if she hadn't met the man, 
and the man hadn't impregnated her, oh, then she, she would have gone. Baby. Well, and she would have gone into Space Corp. Yeah, because that was like another big. I always part. assumed when I was watching it was the man who stole the baby because, as you'll find out as we get along the story, it makes sense both ways. Yeah, it's the man who impregnated her. So. Anyway, so Ethan Hawke is like, look, I'll put you in front. I know exactly where he's going to be. And, she, and he's like, you kidding me? Like, how do you know this? Like, I bar- I don't even know you. How do you know my life? And he's like, look, just trust me. Oh, is it called the Temporal Agency? Temporal Agency, that's what it is. So anyway, basically, Ethan Hawke ends up taking this guy back in time to where, when he was a woman, met this man. <laughs> <laughs> and... This is where it just starts to blow your mind because the man that she met was himself in the future as a man. Yeah. And then he basically has sex with himself. They have a child. Which turns out. Who is then abducted, taken back to a different time and put on the steps of an orphanage. So the baby is the same person. (laughs) And then you the find baby out it, is the woman and the man. The baby is the infant woman who turns into the man who goes back in time and impregnates his, herself his, himself, himself as, a woman. as a woman. So it's this circle, but then it gets even more crazy because Ethan Hawke because well, but this is yeah that I mean that's true. Uh, but like the very very first scene is the fizzle bomber trying to set off a bomb. And someone coming in to try and stop them. And then that person chases off the fizzle bomber, but goes to try and defuse the bomb. But in doing so, the bomb goes off and burns this person's face. So and they then have to do reconstructive surgery. Yeah. And then after they do reconstructive surgery with skin grafts, because that was the only way they could do it to save this person's face, the face turns out to be Ethan, Ethan Hawke's Hawk. face. So crazy. So basically every single person in this movie is the same person. <laughs> so now I guarantee you didn't follow a single thing that we just said. So go watch it. But, but it's true. This is really how this the movie is, goes. And Ethan Hawke is the one who also stole, stole the, baby. the baby. Yes. Yeah. Cause so Ethan Hawke's character has to go. He finishes his job of bringing that person back because he's told he needs to bring that person, which is the he, she back to that time frame because <laughs> he, so she's super important to the temporal agency. Like they need her, him to be part of the temporal agency. But in order to do so, he had to take him back. But then his next mission after he does that is to then go and take the baby back so he's the one that steals the oh, baby also, to 1945 where it can start the yeah. cycle over. But then he goes and he ends up retiring. I don't know if this is what you were getting to. I was just going to say he ends up becoming the fizzle bobber anyway. Yeah. So every- <laughs> so in the end, <clears throat> excuse me, in the end when he retires, he goes, but then he gets some clues that he's left with that he's like, ah, oh, I can figure out who the fizzle bomber is. And by retiring, that means that he gets to pick a time that he wants to go retire. He chooses to go retire in New York right before the bomb goes off for some reason. But then he's like, oh, I know who it is. And he goes and finds that person. And that person who is the fizzle bomber is just him when he's even older. And then the fizzle bomber is like, you can kill me if you want, but you'll just become me. Yeah. So that kind of like finishes like the loop. So like the loop basically is like, it's not 
a it's not just like a perfectly circular, circular loop. loop. It's it's a loop that kind of like it's kind of oblongish. It's kind of like <laughs> a spaghetti bowl. Yeah, if that makes sense. Because there the point is where does this begin, right? Yeah. And that's like the mystery of the whole thing because. You can't say that it started in 1945 when the baby was dropped off because the baby was dropped off by himself already when he was older. Yeah. So where is the true beginning of this and I think, person or this being? Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a crazy movie that you need to go watch. And hopefully, I mean, if you just listen to us talk about it, you're super confused right now. So you probably need to go watch it anyway. But also, if you've already seen it and you're listening to us, then hopefully you get it. <laughs> Which I think, I think this this is also called a bootstrap paradox. At least I've heard that. Um, which is basically where, like, say, say you got anonymous instructions, just like set at your door for how to build a time machine, and it took you like ten years to figure out how to fi- build the time machine, and you finally figured it out. And you're, this whole time you're like, well, where did these instructions come from? But then you get the idea, I'll go back 10 years and give myself the instructions on how to build the time machine. Yeah. Then that you, 10 years ago, builds the time machine. It creates a loop, and it's like, what? where did the instructions come from? Yeah. In the first place, because you need the time machine to be able to deliver the instructions back in time, and you need the instructions, though, back in time to be able to build the time machine yeah. so that you can do yeah and that is, i mean it's it's known as the information paradox or the bootstrap paradox and that's uh a form of the first type of paradox that we talked about the cl- uh, closed casual loop paradox where it's basically there is it's almost like there's no beginning and there's no end mm-hmm. um to the paradox and i kind of i mean try to put it in in words that maybe is like understandable but this type of paradox the predestination paradox the bootstrap paradox whatever you want to call it but one way of thinking about it is uh one way of dealing with this type of paradox is to assume that the version of events you have experienced are already built into a self-consistent version of reality and that by trying to alter the past you will only end up fulfilling your role in creating an event in history not altering it meaning again it's all predestined. It's all predestined. Like no matter what you do, you keep thinking you're making independent choices, but every time you make a choice, it's a choice that you have already made mm-hmm. previously, a previous version of yourself, and it just keeps the cycle going and keeps fulfilling its itself. Which in that movie, then you wonder how many times he's actually killed his future self. Yeah. Well, it never actually shows him kill the Fizzle Bomber. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. He shoots him. Shoots him. Does he? He shoots him in yeah, the head. Right in the chest. Or in the chest. <laughs> or something. He shoots like him that. where he dies. He shoots him. Oh. So at that point, that was my question at the end of that was did he just end the loop? Or does he indeed become well, him later? The thing about a loop is it doesn't end. It just Well, I know, over. but I'm just saying, does he change it? Does he does he alter it somehow? Because they just leave it off at that point. You assume that, I mean, with what he says his oldest self says as the fizzle bomber is like, you can kill me, but you'll just become me. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at some just like, I wanted to hear, like see what other people's opinions on the movie were. So I was just looking at like random postings and stuff about that movie after I watched it. And there was a 
one guy who I mean he did a really good job. He even like drew out the entire like loop mm-hmm. um, in graphical form, so you could see like this jumps to this, and then this jumps to this, and so on and so forth. But his conclusion is people ask the question, well, did he actually stop the fizzle bomber then? And so like, did the bomb never go off? Because that's the thing. He killed him right before the bomb was supposed to go off. But then his conclusion is no, it did not because the whole point is it's everything is going to keep continuing the way that it always has. Mm -hmm. And so everything that has happened in the past, is it just going to keep? So you moving? tell me, what is the point of the temporal agency? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's part. It's to get him to go to all the places that he needs to go to to keep this loop going. But why does the loop need to keep going? Because maybe if the loop doesn't keep going, then the space time continuum falls apart, and the universe as we know it is obliterated. What? I don't know, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I'm saying. It blows your mind. You just sit there and you can't, like, we're sitting here just even talking about it and we don't understand it. I mean, we get it. Like, we watch, we watched it. We watched the loop happening. But I think that's the point is like, you, it's the chicken and the egg, right? Like, his there mom and is dad no... is himself. <laughs> yeah. We talk about being your own grandpa. <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> I'm my own grandpa. So did you guys have any other comments on the predestination paradox or the nah. movie or just go watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Just go watch it. All right. So with that, we're just going to jump into a couple other time travel paradoxes. Um, one we can just brush over since we kind of already went over it, but like the information par- paradox that Alan brought up the uh, AKA the bootstrap paradox, um, basically where, the question is, where did information originate? If you take information from the past or from the present and take it to the past, uh, then there's like no origin to the information, right? So, and exactly the example that Alan said, if a scientist creates a time machine, goes back into the past and gives the formula to build a time machine to himself as a youth, then where does the information for the time machine actually originate? And because it, did it come from the future? Did it come from the past? Like where is it even created? So that is the information paradox in a whole. Another one though, um, is the grandfather paradox. This is probably the most popular, um, and well-known time travel paradox, but do you guys know what the grandfather paradox is? Yeah. What is it? It's where you go back in time. You build like a wormhole or something, Enable yourself to go back in time, and who, for reasons unknown, you decide you're going to kill your own grandfather, which then would make make it so that, well, this would have to be before you were born. Kill your own grandfather, and then that would make it so you were never born. And then how do you go back in time and kill your own grandfather if you were never born? Exactly. Yeah. So... It is, it's kind of a conundrum of where, yeah, if you go back and kill your direct ancestor before they have your their lineage, then how is it that you ever came to be? Therefore, how could you ever go back yeah. and, and time and, and kill your grandfather which in the first place? Stephen Hawking like has his own version of this, which is like a little bit simpler to follow, which is called the Mad scientist paradox which is basically you yourself build a time machine go back one minute 
with a pistol and kill yourself before you went back one minute to kill yourself. So then it's like, in the end, who is actually killing yourself one minute ago? Because you killed yourself one minute ago. You're not alive anymore to go back in time and kill yourself. Yeah. Same thing, <laughs> just a different scenario. <laughs> no, it, exa- it is. I was just, the reason for my pause was just, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how that was easier. Because <laughs> it's one person killing themselves versus like their own grandfather. And then you have to go back in time enough time to be able to... Um, be born no. already. Okay, all that. Stuff. I I kind of get what you're saying. Um, Just another if you one. You killed yourself a minute ago. How can you kill yourself a minute later? Yeah, another one that is similar to the grandfather paradox that many people may have heard of. Have you guys heard of uh, the hit, uh, Hitler's paradox? No. I'm assuming it has something to do with going back in time and killing Hitler. Yep. So the whole idea is because <laughs> a lot of people their answers might be like, Hey, if you had a time machine, you can go back and do one thing. What would you do? I'm sure some people's answers, you know, the altruistic answer could be, I would go back to when Hitler was a kid or something like that. And I would kill him. And then the whole, uh, Holocaust would have never happened. Right. Mm. But the paradox comes into the fact that if you go back and you kill Hitler as a child, then all the things that Hitler did, that would have caused it so that you would have wanted to go back and kill him in the first place would have never taken place. Therefore removing your reason Ah. for ever traveling back in time and killing Hitler. What if we just let him kill a few people? (laughs) And then, so you like, so you have that reason always. (laughs) Just like so, just after like the <laughs> first, like a hundred, the first, just few the people first, and sorry, first hundred people, but we need that. We need those hundred people. <laughs> it's the sacrifice. Sacrifice needed to make to save thousands. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess <laughs> given the opportunity, Trav, you should try. That. <laughs> so you're like, you go back to like 1941 ish, 42 ish, and then do your thing. I came up with this, uh, I guess it was like a, a story type. It was just in my head. I didn't write it down. <laughs> but of a time travel agency that would go back and they wouldn't alter time necessarily because, I mean, what do we know about Hitler and his death? Killed himself, right? The freaking wuss he was. Coward. But, so in this, we would send somebody back so if he, what if he traveled back in time one minute and shot himself? Then how did he travel back in time to shoot himself? That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Send somebody back and we make it look like it's a suicide. <laughs> so time to time, it all just seems like it's all normal. It's not necessarily about changing time, but it's about justice and righting a wrong because he shouldn't have... He should have been like executed instead of taking mm-hmm. the easy way out. So we send somebody back. We kill him in the same place, same spot, but just right before he kills himself. And we make it look like a suicide. And also, have to elaborate on so basically, if you were in the future, so he would have had to live through dying by being murdered. Yes. But no one else would have necessarily known. Hence nope. not really altering what people's perception of history yep. was. But the government would know. 
<laughs> what and were who you knows? Saying maybe now? maybe that was the perfect time, and maybe you really could do that. That like history. I think that's what really happened. History would turn out <laughs> optimal if you went back and you killed him right then versus like as a baby. But, and you knew that because you were from like the far future somehow. <laughs> Does yes. that make sense? Wait, say yes. that one more time? No. <laughs> no, don't say it one more time. If you were from the far future. I'm, sure, I'm trying to process this. If you were from the far future, maybe you knew the optimal time to go back and kill him was the, when he, in air quotes, committed suicide versus as a child. Because then the future from then on would be like optimal for the West or the United States or whatever. And if you didn't kill him uh, then okay. and, and stage so it as a suicide, he would have like continued somehow with his his reign of You're you're of saying terror. basically somebody's getting to look at it from an even bigger picture yeah, point of from view. A further future like where they can say like okay we know that this has to happen in order for the optimal situation for humanity overall because if we kill him a second later a second earlier then it creates some kind of butterfly effect that but if we do it right then and make it look like suicide then it's optimal but if he doesn't die right then then the future is is even worse i'm glad my imagination could just conjured up this this conversation (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's what this whole thing is about, since there really is no. Right well, this or wrong is why I can tell answer. you, I can tell you that time travel does not exist anywhere in time, because I have not visited myself yet, and I would definitely break rules. So, well, that's the whole <laughs> idea, because that's another. Did we ever talk about this before? But like Stephen Hawking did his own personal experiment on. That, I was going to bring he that said, up. Hey. Uh, if time travel is ever possible in my lifetime, and I guess he's proving that time travel is never possible in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, if time travel is ever possible, uh, possible in my lifetime, then I will travel back to this exact moment and tell myself, yep, time travel is possible. And he never visited himself. He's like, crap. Oh, I just watched, <laughs> I just watched a show with Stephen Hawking where he did another experiment where he put invitations to a party at a specific date and time in time capsules um, that would last like thousands or hundreds of thousands of years or whatever and saying like if time travel is possible in the future then a future person would find these time capsules and then they would come back to my party right when it's supposed to be like 6pm on December 4th or something like that and then he sits there on the documentary and time passes, and it goes past 6 p.m. on December 4th. And he's like, I conclude time travel will not be possible, <laughs> at least for the next, like, thousands of years, because nobody came back to my party and showed up from the future. Yeah. Well, what if, like, he's not the only one that does that throughout time? It's like over the course of the and next like, couple we've centuries. Got, like, there's like invitations. Yeah, there's, like, <laughs> hundreds of people that do this. So they have all kinds of parties. But they have the note to just be like, hey, which one? Oh, yeah, that was not a very big and party. Poor Stephen Well, Hawking. unless they're all at the same time, because you, you travel to all of them, couldn't you? You'd know, be like, nobody's coming to my party. <laughs> <laughs> the awesome thing is that Stephen Hawking has made a couple of appearances on our <laughs> podcast in the last couple of weeks. 
<laughs> for anyone who wants to hear about Stephen Hawking's adventure in uh, a lost island, I'm trying to remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. With the boobob tree. With the boobob tree. <laughs> <laughs> and J-Lo, then yeah, go back to our episode of the Scary Stories to Tell the Podcast. Um, but yeah, so another paradox is the... Wait, build- can I mention something about the bootstrap paradox? Oh yeah, bootstraps, go ahead. Bootstraps, bootstraps. So this is a real life kind of bootstrap paradox. And it has to do with biology and the, the origination of life. So you guys know what DNA does, right? What does DNA do? It it codes your genes to do what they do. Yep, it codes your genes to do what they do to to be able to create the parts of your cells. You it's, notice how so, I didn't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Sorry, DNA guys, thunder. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, but you know what? I, so I figured I basically, to DNA is the information to build your cells. So, like the information to build the time machine, but. So, or you you can't make DNA without the parts of the cells that create DNA, right? So it's like the chicken or the egg thing again. You have the information, you have the cells all at the same time, but you need the DNA to create the cells. You need the cells to create the DNA. So which came first? And how did it come first? So you're saying did DNA or cells come first? Yeah. Religion came first. Boom. <laughs> so that is one out. I that just, is, that I is just is, wanna, I was going to say I that want is, us to just be liked by all people, <laughs> scientists and religionists. That, that is one out to the bootstrap paradox is a third party. That That's why no one also, went to Stephen Hawking's party? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a third party. They went to the third party. <laughs> I can no, just I, see him totally, just sitting there like, <laughs> looking at the clock. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's like... <laughs> do you think he was like, maybe they're fashionably late? <laughs> or perhaps they went to the third party. <laughs> but, um, no, you're. I mean, that's a good example. I never thought of it that way, Al. But I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Trav, what would your answer be? I would say that me. they came simultaneously. Okay, that's, a, that's impossible unless you invoke a god. So, and could you not invoke a god? No, you could. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, that's a third the, party. That's a third, third party. party. Religion. God. So where I got that from was a book, and it's like an awesome book. I recommend it. It's called DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. Wow. I'm going to have to look at that book. You'll have to talk to me more about it after this show. It's a thick show. bitch. <laughs> um, Literally I like will 500 let, pages. I will let you guys read it and not tell me about it. Oh, we will tell you about it. I will read it to you in real time. Um, okay, so another paradox is the Bilker's paradox. Uh, the explanation for this, like a person knows what the future will be and does something to make that future impossible so in a way it's kind of opposite of what happens in back to the future where we were describing how biff gets the gray sports almanac and goes back in time gives it to himself which then changes events in the past that change his future right this is almost 
the opposite where somebody can travel to the future. They see what happens in the future. They're like, I don't want this future. So I'm going to go back into the past and I'm going to do something that's going to make this future an so there's a perfect example for that. If you uh, go to Netflix, you can watch a show called Travelers, which is a great show. Oh, um, that is basically, a um, the premise of that is that there is a future that is basically uh, destroyed, you know, food shortages, everything like that. And uh, But then they find that there is a way to travel back in time, but only consciousness. So what they do is they have these essentially agents again, that they are able to transport their, their consciousness into a body back in the future. But in order not to ruin anything and just take over somebody's body, who's already, you know, living a life. Yeah. They, they take over seconds before they are to die. And then, change the fact that they don't die so if that makes sense so somebody's about ready to have a heart attack so they are going to die anyway so you're minimizing like like the difference you're making because because they were gonna die anyway this person has no part in the future i've never seen this show yeah um i've had it queued up though for a long time because i do want to watch it at some point but what you're saying is so they jump into a body of somebody who's about to die. So like, for example, say they jump in 30 seconds before that person dies. Mm-hmm. So they have 30 seconds to do something. Well, or some, some yeah. they, like yeah, you're saying, I think yeah. they do. They, in some ways. Because they, they, they know how the person died exactly. Like, yeah. They know the exact time. That's like part of their like training. Social media and the future yeah. and all that stuff. They analyze these people's lives details and then, like, newspaper clippings, they know so that they were going to get run over by a train. They'll come back 30 seconds before and then jump out of the way of the train and then take over the yeah. person's body. Yeah, but if you do that, then you're changing a ton because changing the fact that somebody doesn't die would change a lot. Well, yeah, but these are people that never had a part in the future anyway. So what the thing is is, like, they're kind of taking... Because they're they're now inhabiting. They're not. I mean, they do live as them because they have to continue living as them for certain purposes. But there's minimal risk in the fact that these people didn't have anything to do with the future. Anyway, I guess in but, the show, it's it's not. They're not going to change yeah. anything. It's they're just trying to minimize. Yeah, and and it's not all about. It's not all about that. Their their plan. They have very specific orders to change certain events. So they go and changing these specific events is supposed to change the future. So but they travel to the future to change the future. Well, no, and in the future, from, from the future to the past, because they're in the future. They know this is the world we live in. We have sh- food shortages, no power, whatever. It's just a horrible place to live. But now looking back through time, if we were to change this event, this event, this event, and this event, then that should alter our our future to gotcha. where we okay. have a nice so this is more this is more along the lines of back to the future too yeah. where he goes from the future to the past to change something to change the future uh which is i mean it's similar it's very it took me like literally i had to read the description of bilker's paradox like four times to finally like well like, i think i think what bilker's paradox is kind of like what we always do as at least i do i think a lot of people sometimes in their head they play this game whenever they have deja vu they're like i'm gonna do something that i don't think i did like the previous time when i was doing this in my head you know 
Does that make sense? Like, I get it. I don't do When that. you have deja vu, <laughs> I'm more like, when the heck did this happen? <laughs> when you have deja vu, like in my head, I play this little game like, I'm going to do something weird to like change things for some reason. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get it. So, I mean, because then that, but if you would change the future, but I guess, but, but I'm not going back in time. Yeah. But you're saying you're doing it because you think you have deja vu, but the, this would be like you, why the paradox comes in the fact that you go to the future to see like, kind of like Travis is like, he knows in the future that it's crappy. And so they want to go back and change things in the past. But this would be you going into the future and say, you're like, realize, Oh, I'm married to a freaking beast. I don't want to marry her. Like she's going to ruin my life. So you go back in time and you purposely Live alter things so way. like you never meet Got that it. person. Yeah. Right. So like you will never end up married to that person. But if you do that, that would in essence change the future. But the paradox comes into the fact that if now you've changed the future, you would have this, the future would now be different than what it was. So you would never have a reason to go back. Like it just goes back again to where oh, you wouldn't okay. have a reason to go back and change oh, that. Oh, is this thing well, kind of talked adding, about? It's just kind of adding a couple steps. Kind of, yeah. It's just like I mean, all these paradoxes in the end. That's what a paradox is. It's just like something that you're like, oh yeah, like I would like logically I would do this, but then it if I did this, then it may just completely change the fact or reason that I even did it in the first place, or it's just a continual loop and it's just infinite and, and fate driven or whatever. Right. Maybe that's really what's happening. Anytime you walk into a room that you're going to do something and then you just stand there and you're like, why did I come in this room again? What was I going to do? Has that ever happened to you guys? Yes. All the time. (laughs) Sadly. That's what happens when you get really what it is. I I think it was like two days ago that I was like, oh yeah, I have to do this thing outside of my office. So I walked outside of my office and I got like three steps out of my office and I was like, why was I coming out here? <laughs> and I stopped and I walked back in my office and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. And then I walked out of my office and three steps out of my office. I was like, why is I out here? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I walked back yeah, in I my office. <laughs> Have you had a stroke or something? Like, I mean, I get like, but once I remember the thing that I, I don't typically just re-forget it. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying this was a strange case. <laughs> it's because time travel was involved. It's because of that time, you know, basically like in the butterfly effect, any time that he went back in time, he would have, because he would go back in time in like consciousness or whatever. Like again, like his consciousness would be uh, transported back and he would have these blackouts and wherever he had the blackout, that was when his future self was possessing his, his current self, I guess. So Uh, yeah, actually that was a pretty good movie though. Yeah. Butterfly effect. No, there's a lot of good. In fact, right, right as we end whenever, I mean, I I imagine we're getting kind of close to the end here, but um, I'll just kind of rattle off a few uh, time travel movies that uh, you guys should watch if you haven't watched them. So, so I just had one other paradox to go through. Do you want me to go through that first? And yeah, then go you'll, for it. you'll rattle those off. So this final one is the sexual paradox. And so what? the sexual That's paradox. Sexual. And basically what that is, is very similar to what we talked about in the predestination paradox, um, the movie predestination. But the sexual paradox is when one fathers him slash herself, right? Yes. So, 
I'll just read you this little quick story that I found online that was trying to explain the sexual paradox. So maybe this will help uh, you guys understand what it is. But so the story is Jill one day finds an old deep freezer in a cave within which a man named Jack cryogenically or finds within which is a man named Jack, sorry, cryogenically frozen. Jill defrosts him and he comes back to life and tells Jill that he has with him a book which describes how to build a deep freezer to cryogenically preserve humans as well as how to build a time machine. Jack and Jill subsequently fall in love, get married, and have a son named John. When John becomes a young man, he follows in the father's footsteps and builds a time machine. He and his father, Jack, then decide to go on a time travel expedition together and they take a or take along the book that his father originally had with him when he was defrosted. But the trip ends tragically as they find themselves trapped in the distant past and running out of food. Assume that a time machine broke down and they don't have enough materials in the distant past to rebuild it. John decides that the only way to survive is to kill his father and eat him, which he subsequently does. Armed with the new stock of food to keep him going, John finds he does have enough raw materials to at least build his deep freezer. According to the instructions in the book, to save himself, he enters the freezer and goes into a state of suspended animation. Many, many years later, Jill comes across the freezer and thaws out John. To disguise himself, he calls himself Jack. Jack and Jill fall in love and get married. <sighs> so. Sick. Basically, in addition to the self-creation and the self-eating paradox uh, in this story is the information paradox. Uh, There's also a genetic paradox. So, John is the son of Jack and Jill, so half his genes must come from Jill, but John is actually Jack. Therefore, John and Jack must have exactly the same genes, meaning he fathered himself. Crazy. So, (coughs) I guess... If you took nothing out, out uh, nothing else out of this episode, uh, the point is time travel paradoxes are very confusing. Super confusing. <laughs> um, I mean, as we, you know, end this, I mean, there's tons of time travel movies out there, um, and they all have these paradoxes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it kind of well, be a boring movie, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, but like but it they just all make you think right like you just have to sit there and i mean we went at great lengths to try and describe predestination i'm pretty sure we failed <laughs> but i mean there's other ones like uh like time after time i was telling you about this i know you you i don't think you said you'd seen it it's, why are you on to the movies right now yeah unless you had something else sorry one last thing and this is just <laughs> are you okay over there <laughs> he's dying I think I swallowed some saliva down the wrong tube. (laughs) But um, just like completely a logical thing to me is if you went back in time an hour ago to say, what's the place in Back to the Future Pine something? Something Pines? Twin Twin Pines? Twin Pines Mall? The town town? they're from. Yeah. Hilldale. Hilldale. Oh. Or Hill Valley. Or Hill Valley, yeah. Why'd I get pines i don't know but so (laughs) if you went back in time even just an hour ago to the same place 
or you wanted to go to the same place, the Earth is moved way away from there. The solar system has moved way away from that place in time and space. The galaxy has moved way away from that place in time and space. So you would just pop into like empty space. Well, that, or into like the middle of another. I guess star or that would like suggest that. meaning that you literally were staying stagnant as far as like a uh, X Y Z coordinate. Yeah. Then I guess you could say that, but I would also assume that if you're able to move through the double Z coordinate or or time, then you're also able to account for just your first three dimensions. As well as the fourth dimension. Well, that's assuming. It is yeah. assuming. But I don't know. The flux... But People co- make mistakes. The flux capacitor. <laughs> flux capacitor. Flux capacitor. Uh, takes care of that, as far as I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. As long as we all have the flux capacitor. But that's a good point. I've never thought of that, Al. So, anyway, yeah. Just movies to check out. You know, if you haven't. Um, I mean, Interstellar. That's, I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Does he travel through time? I mean, I know time. Well, it's black hole. Yeah, they travel into the future because, and that's all based on real science. Well, because they were on a planet with tons of gravity, which also slowed down time at one point. If you're near a massive body, time slows down in space and time. So what seems like a year to you could be 50 years to somebody who's not near that massive body. So I had like a huge dinner. So is that why this last hour seems so long? It could be. (laughs) (laughs) So interstellar, um, obviously predestination, like we talked about back to the future trilogy is, is not as probably like, doesn't make you think on a super deep level, but it's actually, it's if, I mean, Seriously, if you haven't seen that, you should watch that trilogy. It's one of the best cinematic creations of all time, in my opinion. No yeah. pun intended. Um, some of these that they're listing uh, on here are just kind of like, I mean, I, I think you can throw them in there in the time travel, but they're like things like Groundhog's Day or uh, or Groundhog Day or uh, like The Edge of Tomorrow. Like, they're all great. These are, we've already talked about these in a previous episode, mm-hmm. but these kind of like, like reoccurring. Yeah, like reoccurring the loops. Same day over and over. Yeah, it's not necessarily like, I mean, I guess you're time traveling back one day, but uh, Frequency is great. Did you guys see that was Frequency? A good one. Yeah. Um, How about Looper? Looper's on there. And uh, let's see. Um, one that, of course, Butterfly Effect. There was Bill like a- and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily about changing anything, really. It's just pulling people out of the past time. to help them with their yeah. report. Time Traveler's Wife, About Time is really good. Now, these are, I mean, Time Traveler's Wife and About Time, you're getting kind of into like, chick you know, your chick flicky time travel well, stuff. They're actually pretty interesting just because of the whole, I mean... These are similar. I mean, I don't know if I've seen the time traveler's wife, but the about time. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. It's just the same idea of like 
he keeps going back to try and change things because I think, didn't he like go back once and he like screwed some stuff up? I think so. And it's, I've and only seen it the once to, and it's been a while, so I can't yeah. really remember, but and I know I really like Every time he goes it. back and tries to fix it, like it just gets worse or something uh, like 1980, Christopher Reeves, uh, Sp- or Superman, not Spider-Man, started in a movie called Somewhere in Time that was also a, a chick flicky movie, but that one was actually really good too. Um, and then... Time After Time, 1979. That This is the one that I was telling you about. So uh, basically, H.G. Wells, who wrote The Time Machine, um, it's, it's, the character is in the movie, H.G. Um, Wells, and his wife actually gets murdered by Jack the Ripper. So he builds a time machine, machine to go back, stop the, the murder, which he does, but every time he stops it, she ends up dying in some other way. And that's because of I can't remember exactly which paradox this this goes in line with but you can't go back and change something that creates the reason for you to create a time machine right mm-hmm. so um but anyway that's really good too ends up uh basically Jack the Ripper ends up getting in the time machine and he kind of travels throughout time tra- chasing him and they go back into like dinosaur ages and stuff. So yeah. you should watch it. Which is interesting because I think the actual time machine story that H.G. Wells wrote. So he has the character that his wife dies. So he creates a time machine in hopes that he can go back and save her. Mm-hmm. But no matter what he does, he can never save her. And then when he finally gets to the very end, he gets told the reason you can never save your wife is because the very reason you created a time machine was because your wife died. And hence it's the paradox of if she never died, you never created the time machine. So you can never, what if you knew that ahead of time and you're like, I'm going to put it in my head that I'm building it for another purpose. (laughs) But then when I go back in time, I just never fulfill that purpose. I don't know. But that's where the paradox comes in. I don't know that you can do that. And then in the end, I just realized that it's been so long since I've seen this movie and I need to rent it because I can't remember a lot about it. But freaking Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't remember it very well either, but I do remember watching it. Yeah, I, just, I need to, yeah. <laughs> I need to watch it. There's, so. there's a lot of good movies, uh, books, stories, that all have to do with time travel. Time travel has been one of those things that has fascinated, fascinated me my entire life. Um, it's always been super interesting to me. So I was happy to do an episode on time travel paradoxes and who knows, maybe in the future we can even do another one just on a variation of time travel and like a, a various subject line yeah. but but thanks i think to it's Stephen, pretty awesome thanks to stephen hawking we know that at least it's not keep it's not <laughs> something that's possible for the next few thousand years so thanks well, a lot stephen hawking for ruining our hopes and dreams of time that's travel. true but there's i guess there's a few different ways you can look at it one would obviously be the conclusion that stephen hawking's come to which is the solution is there is no time travel right so because he did those thought experiments, they didn't come to fruition. So in essence, time travel is impossible. And according to like what some people say is like time travel is impossible because the very paradoxes it creates. Right. Mm. Um, but then there's other people who have various hypotheses, 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 hypotheses. 
Um, self-healing hypothesis is basically successfully altering events in the past uh, will set off another set of events that will cause the present to remain the same. So meaning this comes back to like, no matter what you do, like time will take care of itself. Like it'll ripple some other set of events. So if you change this, it's just going to change this, this, and this again to then get back to the same future mm. if that makes sense um there's the multiverse of the many worlds hypothesis which is an alternate parallel universe or timeline is created each time an event is altered to the past so meaning that's more of the back to the future yeah type. it's like no matter what you do you're not ever create or changing the future that you think you're changing you're just creating a new future and now you just have all these different parallel universes all coinciding at the same time but they're never going to change first depend you're just creating a new one instead of changing the current one mm. um, and then finally erase timeline hypothesis a person traveling into the past would exist in the new timeline but have their own timeline erased so this would come back to the whole idea of like if you went back in time killed your grandfather and then say that Instead, you're still alive, but now you go back into the future and now you just live in a world where no one even knows you existed. Like, mm. you basically have just popped into existence into a different future. And as, <laughs> as, uh, crap, what's his name in the movie? <laughs> what's, what's Marty's dad's name? George? George. Just George McFly would say, my density has popped me to you. <laughs> but, I feel like that's like the seventh time that Trav's referenced that exact line in this podcast, but never like on a standalone basis. I don't know. If I, have I? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of times I remember listening back and to like do show notes and you'll hear Trav, like someone, one of us will be saying something and I wouldn't even notice that he said it during the recording, <laughs> but we'll say something purpose. and then he'll just be like, my density has popped me to you. <laughs> It just like whispers it in the. <laughs> just in so the you mic. know, I do that. Like you, you have to. Sometimes they'll just say something that reminds me of a line from a movie, and I have to say it. But I, it's just best to keep going. You guys keep going. I'll say my yeah. my line. Well, I mean, I'm sure some people will find it hilarious because, <laughs> like, we'll be talking about something, and exactly, like, we'll just say the word destiny or something, and then you'll just be like. My density has popped me to you. And then you, that's it. We never acknowledge it. You never say anything again about it. Like it just, it just goes on. So, all right, well, that's it for time travel paradoxes. Hopefully you were not too confused. I know I am. So, (laughs) but uh, it's very fun to talk about, to think about, Um, go check out all the movies you can read, whatever books. If anyone Um, can describe or explain any of these things in better in a better fashion, I guess, than we did. You should just, yeah, hit us up. Send us an email or something or text message. Not a text. You don't have our text, our numbers. Yeah, don't text. Don't text. (laughs) I just start getting these social media posts, weird time travel text messages. And I'm like, is this myself from the future? What is this? To clarify. Well, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our website, uh, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere. Just go in and search QCO podcast and you can find us Um, and leave us some comments. Leave us a a review stars, whatever. Um, But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this and hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the, the other episodes that we've done. And uh, we'll just continue doing this until, 
I guess we decided we don't want to do it anymore. So, but uh, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, come to my party.